have invited a wise man from the East. Eric Call has retired as rector of St. Mary's Church in Tampa and is now a member of our congregation and will be serving as a priest, and we're discerning how. His mother is from Japan, the Far East, and it is wonderful to have him here today. Eric, thank you for giving us your words. Thank you, Dean Kate, for the opportunity and the blessing to preach at St. John's Cathedral. It's very fond memories. I was ordained both a deacon and priest in this building, the hands of uh, Bishop Frank Cervini. And so a lot of wonderful memories come flowing back. One of the reasons uh, we came to St. John's was to find a community of faith. And I'm glad we have found such a thing. And um, thank you for the warm welcome that you've given myself and Margaret uh, to come and be among you as parishioners and of worshipers. And indeed, we will discern what the Lord has for us uh, to do something else. Being retired only since August the 1st, you kind of get used to things. And uh, it reminds me of a uh, a story about uh, a young man who just wouldn't get up on Sunday morning, just couldn't get up, and they were supposed to go to church. And his wife came over and told him, you know, we need to get up and go to church. And he says, I'm not going to church because all they do is complain. And she says, well, that's not a good enough reason. Get up. And he, th he thought about it for a second and said, well, all they have is institutional coffee. She says, well, that's not good enough. And finally he said, you know, they never play my favorite hymn. And she says, that's not good enough. And he said, well, you tell me one good reason why I should go to church. And she said, well, because you're the pastor. <laughs> you do lose track of time sometimes when you're retired. In the story of the Magi, it's found in the context in the Gospel of Matthew, and Matthew's overarching narrative is uh, to talk about and to write about and to proclaim this God's protection over this child, this child Jesus. And so the story of the Magi is about the protection of God over the child Jesus until he is able to fulfill his mission. And that mission is hinted at in this story of the Magi who arrive from the East, the wise men, the kings, the three kings, whatever our tradition might say about these folks. And we get a hint from the gifts that they give and that the journey that they've taken. The gifts that the Magi gave to the child seem on the outside and from the outsider, why in heaven's name do you give a child gold, frankincense, and myrrh? And we do hear that answer in this hymn today, don't we? The three kings of Orient are. Gold, because he's a king. Frankincense, because he's God. The incense of prayer to God. And then finally, myrrh, which is an anointing oil. 
that's used on the body of the deceased. So the gifts represent God, King, and sacrifice. The child before him is the fulfillment of the prophecy and all desire of mankind and the mission of God. And so this story, this narrative, is in the middle of the telling of the mission of God to bring us a savior, to proclaim a kingdom, to talk about our sacrifice, his sacrifice for us. And then we look at the story of the Magi themselves, the journey that they take. And I want to share with you an image of journey. And it comes to us from all people, a person, a man by the name of Theodosius the Recluse. Why he could be quoted about community is something else. But in the story of the Magi, we get, a, uh, we get an insight into the founding and the purpose of the church. The title of the feast day of the Epiphany is what? The manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. It's the first time that we experience the message of the gospel by real people outside of the Jewish people. And so we see that in the presentation by the Magi, this proclamation of the kingdom of God is going to go out further than this small little nation in the Middle East. It's going to go forth. So Theodosius says the church is like one big wagon wheel. It's a community. And we enter the wagon wheel, as it were, as one of the spokes. Meanwhile, the wagon is still moving. We still move. But pick out one of those spokes. The goal, then, if we take this image of the wagon wheel, according to Theodosius, is to move to the center, who is Christ himself. That the journey is first and foremost to Christ. But as we begin to journey to the center and we begin to journey to the Christ child, like the Magi did, what do we notice? That the other spokes are coming closer. And we recognize the second purpose of that. It's the journey to Christ, but also journey with one another to become soul friends, to become the community of Christ. And this is where we get the word ecclesia to understand its technical understanding of the word ecclesia, where we get the word church. Ecclesia is those folks, technically speaking, who are gathered together in order to be sent out. That we don't just stay at the center staring at ourselves. We enjoy each other's company. But then we turn around. We do not turn our back on the world. But rather, as we gather for strength and comfort, then we turn around and we go back out. And like the Magi, we do not remain the same. We indeed go another way both physically and metaphorically speaking. We go a different way. We are changed forever, both by Christ and Christ's community. So I share you with that gift of the wagon wheel. They bring gifts. And we, too, are called to bring gifts to the one who is the greatest gift. But sometimes we are intimidated by the idea of giving to God, that somehow it's not good enough, 
Sometimes we stop ourselves from giving because we are afraid that it's not perfect. And I remind you of the story of creation, that each day at the end of creation, the writer tells us, it is good. We are good. Not that we're perfect. Perfection is often the biggest distraction and deterrent from spiritual growth. We're not called to strive for perfection. To strive, yes. But to first and foremost to recognize that we are good, created in the image of God. And the people who journey on us, those other spokes are also created in the image of God. And they too are good. And to continue to give gifts, regardless if they're perfect or not. So there's a story about a man who's about to turn his th- to his 35th birthday. And the kids all gather together with their mom and they decide they're going to buy dad a special gift. Like most dads, I know for myself, 35 or 40, any birthday wasn't a big deal, but I knew it was a big deal for my kids. And so off they went to the Dollar Tree with their mom. And they all talked about what they were going to give their dad for their 35th birthday. And finally they found the gift. The one that meant everything to them to give to their father. So they couldn't wait for the birthday party to end so the gifts could be opened. Birthday dinner. And of course, like all children, they wanted their gift to be last because it was the most special. So dad took this all to heart and he waited for that one gift over there in that box to the end. And the kids played that forever trick on dad. There's one box. There was another box inside and a third box inside. And then finally, the birthday gift. So dad now, with great anticipation, opened up that one last piece of wrapping. And he looked inside, and he found a teaspoon. So Dad, knowing how much was put into this, looked at the teaspoon and looked at his children's eyes, and they're all staring at him smiling, great love. And he really hated to ask, but he sort of had to. Tell me about the the spoon. And finally, the young son said, Dad, Dad, I know how much you love to go fishing. So we bought you a spoon. Those of you who fish know what I'm talking about, don't you? Beloved, This is a fishing spoon. So dad took the spoon. And he didn't look into the eyes of his children, especially that one son that looked up at him, and said, you got it all wrong. 
You messed it all up. The man is 65 years old. And this spoon is still in his tackle box. So, we don't need to be perfect. We need to know that we're good and that we give out of the goodness of who we are, not out of perfection. Because when we stand before God and we give him our lives, which we are called to do in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is not going to take a look at us and say, you got it wrong. You messed it up. He's going to take the gift that, God has, that we give to God, the very gift of our life, of ourselves, and he's going to take it and he's going to put it in his heart and say, you are good. You are my beloved. Always have, always will love you. Thank you for the gift. It is a gift we're called to give to God and to, our, uh, to each other. And we don't have to be perfect about it. You are good. And you are God's beloved. Amen.